Welcome to the Ghosty Girls podcast. Hey guys, hope everyone's doing good. Hey, what's going on? Man, oh man, you know, I'm just ready for everything to calm the hell down. Tell me about it. (laughs) I am so looking forward to just things being somewhat normal again and just being able to like walk outside and enjoy life. I am ready to be able to go into a grocery store without a damn mask on my face. Yeah, I would I, agree. I, just, I can't even like you don't realize you just take for granted. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we tried to go for a hike last weekend and the county that I live in, we are having higher cases than the counties around us. And so they've been really slow to relax on any of the rules. So you have to wear a mask even when you're outside exercising. So we go to this lake and these hiking trails near our house and we have to keep the masks on. Well, mind you, it's super hot. Yeah. There's a shit ton of people. So of course we want to keep our mask on, but we're just trying to get out. We're trying to get some exercise. Like, yeah, you know, we're trying to get my, my youngest out to burn off some of his energy because he's been cooped up in the house since March. And <laughs> he just looks at me with these sad puppy oh. dog eyes. And he's like, mommy, I can't breathe with this mask on. Oh, poor baby. So we are like, okay. 25 30 minutes in like no we gotta go. yeah we we oh. can't do this so I just I want to be like outside and able to just enjoy the fresh air without having to wear a mask yeah and on a positive note like it is totally made me appreciate the normalcy of my life before this so I am excited for that to be back I wish it would hurry up I'm just, I'm ready to not be worried about everything. Yeah. I mean, I knew that life had changed the day that I went to the grocery store and I came out and cried because I found paper towels. (laughs) Like I was so happy. So sad. Oh my gosh. Where I literally, I bought toilet paper. I was able to find toilet paper on Amazon and I think I got 18 rolls for like 25 bucks. And I, my husband's like, $25? And I'm like, hey, listen, it's actually Cottonelle and <laughs> we need toilet paper. I don't You're know like, about you, but you I am won't not be complaining ready. when you need to wipe your ass that we spent $25. <laughs> I am not ready to go out and pluck leaves off of our trees. No. So be thankful. It's actually ridiculous because this has made me realize that I will spend dumb amounts of money on things like toilet paper and paper towels. I spent $26 on a package of paper towels and I didn't even like think twice about it. I know. And I'm the cheapest person I know. Yes. I will hunt on Amazon for hours to find the lowest price of the best item. And I'm spending like... $12 on a tiny little thing of Purell. Like, I have lost my damn mind. I have spent more money during a quarantine for stupid shit than I have ever spent, like, even on a vacation. Yeah. I don't know what's gotten into me. I think vacation. I know, right? 
we are actually we are escaping to the mountains and going camping in a couple weeks and i i just cannot wait they finally opened the campgrounds and i'm just like okay i'm ready to go like i want to be away from people and just lay on the river and not have to wear a mask yep i'm so looking forward to it how exciting yeah i can't wait that I know you need it I do so bad wow I came up with this topic because I really loved our last episode and I thought it would be cool to expand on what we talked about yeah in our last episode if you listen to it we talked about the Ouija board and seances Uh, we touched a bit on the intention of it So to kind of go along with that episode, we're going to talk about tools of the trade. And we're talking about our trade, of course, our gifts, and kind of the intentions behind them, why they work, uh, what they're about, a little bit of history on them. So I, like you, I love the part where we can kind of dive in and go into the history of things because you don't really put two and two together until you see it in front of your face. So when you start digging for history on items or how things actually got started, like your eyes are open. You're like, Oh my gosh, how did I not know this? Yeah. I, I was really excited when you presented this idea because I think it's something that really from the start of the podcast, we really wanted to focus on, which is, you know, how important intention really is. Yeah, and how that relates to us and how we use these things. So I'm really excited for this. I know I I'm like I've been looking forward to this all week. Um, so let's just kind of dive in and see where it takes us. Um, so when we talk about tools of our trade, we're talking about things that we use to help um, identify spirits or maybe. Um, identify uh, what we're dealing with, right? So the first one we can touch on, I think is really cool, is sage. So I don't know what you think about it. I personally have never used it, but I don't think I realized kind of the properties behind it. So I just may change my opinion on it. What do you think about sage? So I have not used sage before. Um, I don't really have any reason why. I never really had too too strong of an opinion on it, honestly. I think I just didn't know much about it other than it was to cleanse negative energy. And, you know, you would see it used in popular culture. But other than that, like I really did not give much thought to it. So I'm actually excited to learn more (laughs) about it because I know people do actually use this a lot of other things that we use. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what the backstory is. So let's go into it. It first kind of originated in the native American culture. Um, Obviously, whenever you start seeing this used heavily, Um, It's with Native Americans. They're using feathers. They're using chants, things like that. Um, But what I found really cool is there are actual 
medicinal purposes with sage and we'll, we'll just go in. So it's actually used for purifying um, their symptom relief that we'll go into that it's used for. It's a mood booster and oh my gosh, I could totally use that most of the time. <laughs> and it also is an energy booster. It has sleep quality properties in it and stress relief. So, so basically I need to sage myself. Like I'm thinking about using this stuff is a straw or something like just <laughs> inhaling all of it because stress giving us all of energy it. booster. Like I wonder if sage isn't a part of the body in a child and that's why they're just like so go, go, go all the time. Like that would be a good explanation for that. But so the purifying aspect, I did not know this, but it actually has antimicrobial um, properties in it that will clean and keep infections from forming. That's interesting. And it also actually makes a lot of sense because if you think about how prevalent it is in Native American culture, you know, they were used to living off of the land. And so it makes a lot of sense that they would use things that had multiple purposes, like a multi-use item. And I know that they used a lot of natural things for medicine and, and things like that. So that's very cool. Yeah, and actually a certain type of sage is the white sage. It has antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. It repels insects and bugs. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, so demons to me are like insects. Like they infest and they stay when you don't want them. So hello, of course sage would work. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, um, I'm thinking right now, like I have some white sage, so I need to go through my damn house. I know. And, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but I was very against using tools because I know God is enough. I know that I can walk into an extremely haunted area and I can call upon the name of the Lord and he can vanquish it, no doubt, in my mind. So I was like, if that is all I need, why in the world would I even try to use anything else? And for the most part, I still have that opinion. However, after going through some of these things, I begin to wonder if the Lord didn't purposely put things in place as tools. I mean, you're talking about Native Americans and living off the land. You know, there was aloe and all different kinds of plants that they would use as maybe pain relief or, you know, infection control. And they learn to live off that. Um, Sage is just another plant. Maybe there is a purpose behind that. Um, It also is said to neutralize positive ions. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Okay. And so that's crazy. Positive ions are like pet dander, pollution, dust, mold, stuff like that. So when you burn this, it ends up having the um, neutralization effect on those positive ions. And then you add in the antimicrobial and the antibacterial properties. Like they're saying it is best for asthma patients if someone goes in, sages their house, 
And then of course, when all that smoke dies down, it is safer for them to come into their home. And I'm like, I have not been able to breathe for three friggin' months. Like I need to literally sage every inch of my house. (laughs) I know. Like, why didn't I know this before? I don't know. Maybe my opinion of it was like, I don't need it. So I don't need to know about it. Yeah. And that was really jaded of me. So I am really glad I jumped into this and was like trying to figure out why it was used. And there are certain types of sage, like uh, white prairie sage and salvia sage that do have like a psychoactive effect on people, which is why they use it in mostly like rituals to help you identify or awaken to your purpose and in healings and stuff like that. Well, that um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like brings you to another level so you can figure out your purpose. <laughs> I don't need it for that. <laughs> um, Me but, neither, but you know, you it couldn't hurt to throw it in the mix maybe. Well, here's another, here's another place where it would totally help us, me and you specifically. There was a study done where it was documented that white prairie sage also had properties in it that treat anxiety, depression, and mood disorders. Like, so does this come in pill form? Do I chew it? Like, what are we doing here? It actually has stuff in it that that target certain receptors in the brain that reduce the stress, alleviate pain. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why somebody hasn't literally turned this into a pill and marketed it. Like it covers all the major issues, right? It sounds like a cure-all. It does. So... I Well, you asked that question, but I have a theory on why they want to keep us sick but go on that is a whole nother (laughs) that's an episode for a different kind of podcast (laughs) maybe with more alcohol (laughs) definitely I still have half a tumbler left (laughs) so I start thinking about it and you know there have been those times and I don't want my statement to be taken wrong so hear me out Christ is enough. His name, his presence, his his angels coming in to take on the battle is enough, 100%. But I also believe there are things that he created that make our life easier, that make things simpler. And if I can go into a room where I know, I know you've been through this, there it's a battle because you and I are human. And sometimes when we go in, Our fear or anxiety will kind of dictate how much we let God take over. So if I could go into a room and sage it and get the positive ions under control or, you know, get certain atmospheres leveled out, that would calm my anxiety, my fear And that would allow me to go in with more confidence and God moving through me. I'm not stopping him. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I, 
I understand where you're coming from. I had kind of a similar opinion as you did. And not that I was close-minded to these things, but just that I didn't necessarily need to use them. But when you sit back and you think like sage, for example, and and some of the other things we're going to talk about, but specifically, it's not a man-made substance. You know, it's not something man-made. Like this came from the earth. So who do you think created that? You know, God, that's provided to us. And so, you know, you think about in life, there are many tools that we use to make life easier or medicines we use to make us better. Yes, we could rely on God alone, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're human. Like we get in the way of letting him fully have power through us. And I, it was just, it was just like a awakening moment. And I was like, if that can control me as a human and help me to calm down and relax and let him do his thing, how much easier would that battle be? And I think it is, you think about people, let's say that don't believe that Christ is the one and he can handle everything. Right. And they go in and they sage and it works. I have no doubt that this tool can calm things down and maybe it absolutely disperses negative energy, but for how long it is a bandaid, not a solution. I, my opinion was changed and I think I just needed to not be so dogmatic on what I thought. And I just, I needed to be open-minded, not open enough to where my brain fell out, but open enough to where I could just entertain the idea and understand what it was about. And I think looking at it from a perspective of it will control my humanness to allow God to move through stronger Absolutely. I think I'm open to Sage now. Yeah, that's awesome. So the next one is salt, which you see in movies, you see in every ghost hunter show, they use salt to barricade doors and windows and put in the corners of rooms and I've used salt before. (laughs) So have I, only because I knew that it was a cleansing property. And I thought maybe, okay, salt is natural. It's like I put it on my food every day. I don't put sage on my food. I put salt on my food. So what's it going to hurt to give it a try? So I absolutely have used salt before just as a, well, maybe it will work kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Obviously, everybody knows it's a preservative. It goes into food to keep it fresh and obviously tasting good. Um, but it's also, so yummy. right? It's also a purifier, a natural cleanser. And I was looking into what actually started people using salt as a, a spiritual tool, so to say. And the first place I looked was the Bible. And all my life, I've heard stories of all these references to salt, but you don't think about it like it's just another story. And when I went into search of why salt was used, 
it actually opened my eyes in the temple, the Holy of Holies, a priest would have this altar of incense. And when you read into that, they added different incenses and herbs and woods um, to basically cleanse them before they went in or cleanse the space before they entered into certain levels of the temple. And salt was added to that altar of incense to purify before they could go in. Like, wow, mind blown, right? You had the priest using salt to cleanse themselves and their energy or, you know, what they were going to be walking into. They needed to clear that space. And that was just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, how did I never catch that? Yeah. And if it was used for that intent and purpose, then why wouldn't it work in today's world? Why wouldn't it, you know, dispel negative energy or purify the space? And that was just crazy when I seen that. And you also had um, the Sermon on the Mount where Christ said, you are the salt, which really meant, you know, God sees you as precious precious salt. Um, it was hard to come by. It's a very valuable thing. Um, so he was meaning you're valued, but you are also going to preserve this world and the lessons I'm teaching you, you are the salt. So that reference, okay. uh, really home with me. That's like, kind of like where that saying the salt of the earth comes from. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're going to preserve what I'm teaching and my word And for Christ to reference salt is something so meaningful and valuable. And then to see, you know, it was used for a purifying ritual. um, That really clicked with me. It just, it just made sense. I mean, you have multiple, multiple references to salt in the Bible uh, being put on burnt offerings to be uh, purifying and and viewed as sacred. Um, It was also salt was referenced as a promise or a covenant with God or people. It was an unbreakable uh, covenant. And he used salt as that reference because it was everlasting and it was valuable and it was held to a high standard, a a sacred value to it. Um, And it just, I was like, okay, wow. I went from thinking I am never going to touch any of these things and (laughs) I'm going to battle these battles as hard as they are. And you know, let myself, I know when I get into the mode of trying to get something out and it's being stubborn that I get frustrated and then it starts influencing me. How much easier would my whole life have been if I had gotten my humanness under control by using these tools that God put into our lives? Like, I think going forward, how I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but wow, like it could totally be easier. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it just goes to show that that is definitely a very valuable tool. And, you know, when you have that faith behind it and you're using it with that intention to, you know, clear, cleanse the energy that Mm -hmm. it does work and it will work. 
Yeah. And God referenced it as a covenant. Like if you're going in with the attention of I'm putting this here because I am setting a boundary and this is going to be everlasting and I am going to make this a, a good ground to be in. Um, I think that intention is what puts that into place and makes that work because you're letting those entities know this is not a bound to be crossed. Yeah. And so, that's what a lot of people use it for is to create those boundaries in yeah. doorways or whatever to say, you know, you can't cross. So that is very interesting and good to know. Very, very interesting. I was like, wow, mind blown. My world has just changed all of now, a does sudden. It, does it matter what kind of salt you use? There are multiple types and I don't think it does matter. Salt is salt. And like some of the stuff I was reading, it doesn't matter what salt it is. Uh, even, it, even reference, like even if you put salt in water and it dissolves, it's still salt. You're not going to get it out of that water. So I don't think it matters what type or okay. uh, anything like that. I think that just the meaning behind what that um, actually is, that just has all to do with it. All right. I got a lot of, I have a lot of salt, a lot of different kinds of salt. So I'm like going to take a bath in it every day. I'm like pink Himalayan salt, sea salt. Like I've got it all. <laughs> now, now, granted, I don't know. Manufactured salt. I don't know if that's the same thing. I would well, go with hardcore are, from the earth well, salt. What are we supposed to do? Go to a salt mine? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> find some organic salt like yes well, we can't use martin's iodized salt <laughs> well okay so think about like in my cupboard i have fake salt because i don't need my husband's blood pressure going through the roof and he still needs to taste his food and like it so what is fake know. salt it's artificial salt what it's is like- that well i'm not a scientist i don't know how that works i just no, but i mean what's it called i I didn't know they made artificial salt <laughs> it doesn't okay so for some i don't know how it works or what goes into the background of this but it will not make you retain water not make your blood pressure go off it's ma- basically just a flavoring that gives your food taste and substance, I guess, but it's not actual salt. Okay. You're going to need to text me a photo because (laughs) I'm not supposed to have a lot of sodium, but I put salt on everything. How do you not know this then? Because I just, I'm a rule breaker. (laughs) Blood pressure, take that. I don't know if artificial salt will work, but... I think oh, it, maybe it's just intention. Again, we're going to go through intention, but I thought it was pretty cool. I have my mind opened a little bit more to what this is. So I'm going to get you I'm a big ass block it. of salt. Like the, just, like, chip away. Ones, like the ones that go into the field for the um, horses to lick. Yes. Have you seen those? Dude, I just need one of those to just like carry around behind me. Evil spirits beware. Just throw it. (laughs) Take my brick of salt, you demon. (laughs) Oh, you're a human? Sorry. (laughs) 
well, hey, that might work. It is heavy enough. I know. <laughs> if anyone pisses you off, just throw the salt brick. Right? So those are the ones that are commonly used and are organic and from the earth. So there's some other tools that you and I have used before, and I kind of want to break down why they work. Um, the first one, let's just start with crosses. Yeah. So let's say um, an unbeliever just has a cross because that's what the movies say to do. Would a demon react to that? Um, that's a good question. I think just personally, I think the meaning behind what the cross is, it's not the bronze, gold, stick, whatever, cross symbol. It is what that means. It means that Christ came, he lived, he was crucified, died, and rose again. And yes, even the demons know the Bible, even the demons know that Christ is who he is. So I think the meaning behind the cross is what makes them uncomfortable. Uh, maybe someone that wasn't a believer that just used it as the same as picking up, I don't know, a rock. It, I don't know if that would have the same effect on a demon because that's there was no kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is you know, if you're just using it as a prop per se, um, is it going to have the same effect as somebody who is a believer, who has that faith, who knows in their heart what it means and, you know, is using it for that specific purpose. I think it's definitely going to have a different result. Um, I have a cross in my house. I wear a cross for Mm -hmm. me. It's, a reminder of my faith. Yeah. And so that's why I wear it. And I started thinking when I started looking at this as, okay, you're wearing the cross or you have the cross. It's not the cross in your hand. It's the fact that you're believing and you know what that cross means. And that's what weakens that demon is because he knows the faith behind it. So if you have minimal faith or you're just hoping that it works, Maybe it doesn't work as well because your intention, you don't have that faith to back up what you have. Yeah, I will say um, the cross that I have, I've had since I was eight years old. It was a cross that was given to us when my great grandma passed away and it was blessed by the priest and, and he gave it to all the grandchildren. And so I've had this cross forever and it's always been, um, it was in my room when I was a kid. And then when Ryan, when my oldest son was born, it was in his room. And, um, then after he got older and, you know, he didn't want it in his room anymore. It's just been up in our house. When I didn't have that strong faith and that strong belief, I don't know that it necessarily had the same power that it does now. Right. And, you know, we had a lot of activity. We had a demon in our house. You can go back and listen to the story. Meanwhile, (laughs) the whole time the cross is on our wall, like 
it didn't phase the demon at all. And, you know, I think the problem was that that faith, that belief was not there. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that just goes into holy water. It's the same concept, right? (laughs) So (laughs) for me, okay. Holy water. I believe the priest blessing it. I don't think that's what gives it its power. I believe it's the faith behind the intention in it. Um, You're praying to the Lord, please make this a tool that can be used to bless or to get rid of negative energy. And I think that's where the water comes in is that that is now set aside as a tool. It has a purpose. And when you use it, it's because you have faith in your Lord that that prayer would make that a tool to help you in battle. Yeah. I I laughed because I literally have a container of holy water sitting on my nightstand. So (laughs) that made me laugh. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Have you ever had to use it? Like, have you had a demon just walk in? You're like, stand back. Look what I've got. I have used it, um, but not against a demon. I, I, but I have used it when going through my house. Yes. Okay. And I would say, I think I would be open to using it as well. Like putting crosses in the water above the door frames. Not that that's going to keep out a demon, but that I have, I'm basically putting up a symbol of, I have faith that this is a sanctified space. And I have trust that anything that comes in here will recognize this symbol and know my faith and be afraid at that point. My Um, theory behind it is, you know, it was blessed by the priest who was called upon by the Lord, mm -hmm. right? He blessed this water, gave it to me. I have this faith and this intention to use it. And I'm walking around my house, like you said, making it a sanctified place, but just claiming, look, this, this space is occupied Mm -hmm. by Christ. Like, I'm sorry, if you are not of Christ, you cannot be here. And so that is what I've used it for. Um, I haven't like had to fling it at anything yet or anyone. (laughs) I could just picture you when you said it was by your bed, I could picture you waking up from a really weird dream and just (laughs) grabbing the holy water and like squirting your whole bed and your husband wakes up like, Okay, another demon. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I have used it on myself before. <laughs> and I've used I I have used it on others in this house. They don't know that. <laughs> um <laughs> What did you do? Like put it in the shower head? <laughs> no, like just pr- like pray for them and then right. just like on their forehead and they're like, "What are you doing?" Nothing. Yeah. You just got some holy water because you need it. Hey, at least they weren't screaming, right? Right. That would have been a horrible sign. So, I mean, I keep it next to me because, you know, it's like people that sleep next to their guns. You never know when you're going to need it. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> I might wake up and need that holy water. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go douse my gun in holy water. Maybe <laughs> double protection, baby. Double protection. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so let's talk about one that I probably have a totally different opinion than you do on. What? Rosary beads. Okay. Well, so okay. I'm going to go first. So, I mean, I will be honest. Like, I attend a Catholic church. Um, my family was raised Catholic. And so I go there because I enjoy the tradition. And I, it's, it feels comfortable to me. Um, but I think of myself as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as a lover of Christ. Like, I don't really think it matters if you say I'm Catholic, I'm Baptist, like it does not matter. Um, so that's just my little disclaimer, (laughs) (laughs) but I do also have rosary beads and they are also on my nightstand. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Um, So the interesting thing about rosary beads is basically in 12, the year 1214, you know, not that long ago. Not that long um, ago. Feels like it anyway. St. Dominic had a vision of the Virgin Mary and said that the Virgin, Virgin Mary presented him with beads and told him this prayer that needed to be prayed. And so that's kind of where the rosary beads that we know today originated from. But before that, I mean, even going back to the third century, Christians and Egyptian monks were using stones and prayer ropes to keep track of their prayers when they were praying the 150 Psalms. So a lot of cultures actually pray with beads and... Mm. The word bead in English is derived from an old English word that means prayer. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Um, you know, anyone who knows about rosary beads kind of knows the backstory on the Catholic tradition with them is that you um, have certain positions for prayer and certain, um, basically, you pray the sacred mysteries. You have the five joyful mysteries, the five luminous mysteries, the five sorrowful mysteries, and the five glorious mysteries. Um, and then you have certain places that you place your hand when you're praying certain things. And it's just a tradition that is used for prayer. Um, They use it when they're praying the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Marys. And, you know, it's just something that they've used for a long time. So I have it um, and I use it sometimes. I do carry it with me when I go through my house, just as kind of another reminder of Mm. my faith. That's kind of where I stand with it. What do you I like? I like where you went with that because so for me, I, I will, I will agree with half of that. How about that? Like, I didn't even think I'd agree with any of it, but (laughs) I agree with half of that. Like, okay. So 
the fact that um, you use it to track your prayers, I think that is an amazing thing because sometimes like I know that there are things that I want to pray about and be thankful for and ask for and all of that. And I get so wrapped up in my head that I can't keep things straight. So I could totally see having something in my hand to remind me, oh, this is this is a reminder. I wanted to be thankful for this, or I wanted to make sure that I said uh, this today. And I could totally get that, understand yeah. that part. Um, the part where um, there was a vision and Mary, you know, spoke and all that. I, I struggle with that because I think if the Lord intended for something to come through um he would do that himself he talks in the bible is mary being just a woman and i i believe wholeheartedly that christ is the intercessor between me and god himself the godhead and he came and he bridged that divide so i do not have to go through anybody including mary to speak to my Lord. I can speak through Christ and he goes before his father and relays my wants, needs, thankfulness, all of that. So it's hard for me to um, think that a vision of, you know, needing to pray to Mary, that whole section of that religion uh, is difficult for me. I I don't I get that. that. And I, I completely get that. I feel the same way. I feel like you don't need to go through anyone else to have a connection with Christ. Um, and I don't know that necessarily, I mean, I get the Catholic religion. Um, they do focus on the Virgin Mary heavily, I feel like, um, and that's cool for, you know, they can do that. That's all good. It doesn't take away from my belief or take away from, you know, the power of Christ. I do think it's really cool that they kind of focus on certain things on certain days. So Monday and Saturday, they're praying and they're, you know, praying the five joyful mysteries of Christ's birth. And then they're praying about Jesus's death. And then they're talking about the resurrection and the glory of heaven. And so that part of it, I think is like, okay, that's cool because yeah. I'll be honest when I'm praying or when I'm reading and I'm reflecting on those things, that is when my gift is at its best. That 100%. is when I'm most in touch with my spiritual side and just really connected. That's when I'm performing as a human at my yeah. best. So I like that idea of having that schedule and knowing, okay, I'm going to pray this prayer and I'm going to say this and, and having that intention to do it. And it's kind of like, once you start, you, you finish, you go all the way through and you, you know, say your prayers. So that aspect of it, I do really appreciate. Now, do I go through and do like, the three Hail Marys and this, no, I I don't do that. Right. Well, and I, I appreciate that as well, because a lot of times you get wrapped up in prayer and you forget the things that you should be focusing on of you're able to pray because he was born. And so 
remembering those things, I absolutely agree with you. It definitely makes you appreciate everything that you have at that moment because of those things. And it is an amazing reminder. Um, I, as long as it's not being used as a ritual, um, I think a lot of people get caught up in, I have to do it this way because this is the way it's supposed to be done. Um, the ritualistic ideas. I don't agree with those, but I do like the fact that you are reminded, Hey, you need to be thankful for this because if you, if you're not like, you wouldn't have this, if this didn't happen or this didn't go down this way. So I absolutely agree with that. And I think, again, it goes back to your intention. Mm -hmm. If you're holding beads or you're holding rocks or you're holding a boot, if you, if you have intention of, I'm going to use this as my ground as a human to remind myself of why I'm here and I'm going to calm down and just not try to do this on my own, but let my Lord do it. If that object gets you to that place to allow God to move, then it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I believe it absolutely has the power to allow God to move through. Yeah. So Going back to kind of what you said a little bit about the ritualistic part, I completely agree. I mean, I, like I said, I go to the Catholic church. Do I follow along with all of their rituals? No. Do I have a respect and appreciation for those things? Yes, of course. You know, I respect that. That's, and I do feel that some people maybe need that. That's how they make their connection. And that's okay. But that's right. not for me. Right. hundred um, percent. I think it doesn't matter how you get there or what helps you to get there. The, the bottom line main goal is the purpose is to why you're there. And it's Christ and he's able to save and get you through any predicament. And I think if that is the goal, then it doesn't matter what it takes to get you there as long as you know that Uh, that is a reminder for you that it's not necessarily that has to be done, but whatever helps you, you know what I mean? Like you and I both have different things that we do to kind of get our mind right and get our spirit right before we attempt anything. And that goes for anybody. It may not be what we do. They may do something totally different and that's okay. Um, As long as that intention is there to let God do his thing. And that's, that's what it's about. Exactly. See, we didn't disagree as much as you thought we were going to. I was I was a little hesitant because <laughs> I know that I have really strong religious backgrounds. So some of the things that I think are very dogmatic and it's because I've had bad experiences and I know how things don't work. So I'm nervous when I talk about those things because I don't want to be on the side where I'm like, nope not going to listen. Don't even want to open my mind. Yeah. And I also don't want to let myself get to a point where I am like so open-minded that I forget that Christ is the center. Yeah. So I'm I'm always hesitant to even bring up topics like that, but I, I didn't think we would totally disagree. I was just wondering how our backgrounds would come into play with that. I mean, I'm, you know, me, I'm a very open-minded person when it comes to these things. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, I let my neighbor do whatever my neighbor does. I'm not worried about them. I'm just worried about what I'm doing. So 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I have no right to tell anybody how to worship, who they should worship. That is totally between them and whatever they believe. I will 100% share what I know to be true in my heart, and that is Christ. But I, it is not my responsibility to change their mind. It is for me to plant the seed and the Lord to change their mind. And that's their choice. It is totally up to them. And I'm not going to judge them for what they do. But I I need to tell them what I believe and pray that the Lord changes their heart. Um, but I, I'm really glad we agreed, at least mostly, on that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what do you got next? I have two more. So these ones are tools, but they are totally different. So I don't look at them as a physical element to what we do. And it's prayers and Jesus' name. Now, why does that work? It's different. It's different because those are things that um, are the basis for everything. So you can have a cross, but if you don't have the the belief behind it, the Christ name and the prayers and the, the trust behind it, the cross doesn't work. So when you say Jesus' name... It's not a physical tool, but you are making it very clear your belief and the demons cringe at that because they realize when you say Jesus Christ's name, that you are setting that bound, that you are his and he is there with you. And that's what makes them scared and makes them run. Same thing with prayer is you're calling, you're talking directly to the person that they fear the most. And you're saying, Lord, take care of this. And also grab all those angels to fight in the battle against the angels that are here, the demons that are here, and take them away. And I think that's what incites that fear that they can't communicate um, what you can. Uh, And that's a very clear message when you walk through the door. Oh, for sure. So I I agree with you 100%. I think those are two tools that you cannot fight without. Absolutely. You can walk in the door without a cross, without salt, without holy water. But if you don't come through the door with these two tools, you don't stand a chance. The sage may get rid of whatever for a little while, but it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, You talk about I've heard people say, okay, I have to sage my house every month and I can tell toward the end of the month when it needs it again. Well, that's because you're relying on a physical property to deal with a spiritual problem. You, exactly. I mean, how many times have we said that? You cannot use a physical thing to, to fight a spiritual battle. Physically, it'll take care of whatever manifestations it's, that's happening physically, but spiritually, you're only going to keep it gone for a little while. You need that spiritual element that Christ and his angels protection to come in and permanently solve that problem. For sure. And I mean, not to mimic what I've said before, if you know, if you want to hear the story, you can go back and listen to our episodes, demon part one and demon part two. But I had a demon in my house I had no idea what to do and you came in and you helped me and you guided me and it was only after that experience that I was able to find my own faith Mm -hmm. and recognize that 
through my faith was the only way I was going to be able to protect my family. Right. And that was a huge turning point for me. Yeah. And you talk about that aha moment you had in your car where you're like, I can't control this. Yeah. Literally, you cannot control it. You as a person, you as a person with sage and holy water and crosses, you cannot control that situation. You be you might be able to minimalize it for a little while, but without having that faith base, you're not going to solve the problem. It's just going to be a band-aid. Exactly. And, you know, being able to rely on that, I had just... It opened me up to a lot of experiences that I never had in my life. And just that feeling of being protected, knowing that when I was calling on the angels, that they were there and having that proof, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it was unlike anything else. And that really cemented the fact to me that you cannot rely on anything or anyone else Nobody who claims they're a medium or a ghost hunter that can get this out of your house. If it is not rooted in that faith that the one person that is going to cleanse your house is Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work. No, it's problem. You're probably going to either stir it up or, it's going to say, okay, you want, we can play this game. I'll stay quiet for a little while, make you think you got it, build up some steam. And then I'm coming at you with even more. Exactly. You know, and that's scary to think about it. You talk about in the, in the Bible, the devil, uh, you get out a demon and it can bring sevenfold back what you got out. So you may get something out, but for the sake of getting one thing out, you've got seven more knocking on your door. If you don't have that faith base, you're taking a risk. Uh, it's definitely not something I want to deal with. You know, I, on my own, I screw up every day. I screw up at work. I probably screw up as a wife and a mom. I, there are everyday moments where I'm like, oh, crap I did that wrong wish I could have a redo but that's because I'm human can you imagine how scary it would be to have to rely on yourself a human who messes up all the time to take on a heavenly being at one point now demon I that scares the crap out of me I could not imagine having to battle that by myself there is no way I could do that And that's why so many people struggle. Absolutely. Man, I, I definitely have my eyes open and I have changes of opinion now. So there's one tool that we didn't talk about that I want to touch base on. What is that? It's a very popular tool and that is crystals. Look at you. (laughs) I totally forgot about that one. All right, let's hear it. What are your thoughts on crystals? So, I mean, my, I'm going to go with the facts first and then I'm going to go into my personal thoughts. (laughs) Back it up first. (laughs) So crystals have a vibration and a specific 
frequency that arise from their molecular composition, right? So right there, that determines their interactions. They're basically like a magnet. They absorb bad vibes and they can, you know, welcome the good vibes. And it's said that crystals hold the power for healing energy and they can absorb energy and the energy flows through them. Now we know energy is a real thing. Right. And you've accepted, I will admit that now you have accepted that that is a real thing. hundred percent. So that right there is one of the things that it does is it holds energy. It can absorb it. Energy can flow through it, but also it provides the placebo effect for people, which, which scientifically is proven to help in medical treatment. Scientifically, they've proved that if you believe that something is working, it works. So right Right. there, that tells you if your intention is that this item is going to heal me, it it works. Right. Intention is 100% it. Yeah. So crystals are naturally extracted. They're created from the earth. They're not man-made. So right right there, it tells you, you know, this is a tool that's been provided to us. Okay. Right. Um, In order to use a crystal, kind of the steps that people take is the first step is you would cleanse the crystal, which means that you would place it in the sun for, or moonlight for about four hours to let it cleanse itself. And then you yourself would meditate with a clear mind. Now that could be prayer, any kind of meditation where you're trying to clear your mind, any activity that you would do, yoga, take a shower, anything that's, you know, clearing your mind, basically. Then you would set your intention. So what is the purpose of this crystal? What are you trying to accomplish? So you would concentrate deeply on your intention. And that way, every time you would see that crystal, you're reminded of that purpose. Right. And then the next step would be to use it. And that could be you're using it in jewelry as a necklace or a ring, or you put it in your pocket or you wear it in your bra or something (laughs) like that. You know, hold on, let me get my boob crystal. It sounds crazy, but a lot of people do that to keep it close to them. And so it reinforces kind of what we're talking about here is you're taking this tool, this created by the earth, which is therefore, I mean, for all intents and purposes, created by God, right? Right. Provided to us. You're taking this, you're cleansing it, you're setting your intention with this item. Right. And you're saying... With this crystal, you know, I will not have anxiety or this crystal will rid me of anxiety and you're wearing it with you every day. Right. So it's, it says a lot about how important intention is to your life and having, having that faith in that tool and how important that is. And it just goes back to what we were talking about is, you know, you set that intention and it's not the object that's going to make that happen. It's that you believe in your heart that 
that is something that is going to help control your human nature. And if that's anxiety, I will wear that crystal knowing that every time I feel it hit up against me, it's a reminder of I'm human. I have anxiety and I'm not going to let it control me. And this is what I'm going to use to help remind myself that intention right there gets rid of your human side and, and just reminds you that there is a bigger power than you that will control that if you can just get your human nature out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. So a couple of the crystals I'm just going to talk about and kind of what they're known for being used for. So the first one is Peridot, which is like that really pretty light green. It also happens to be my birthstone. Um, it's known for purity, protection, and balance. And it's said to help shift any um, spiritual influence. So if you're feeling really intense spiritual influence, it kind of helps to shift that so that it's not as strong. Okay, so, well then get me one of those surrounded in salt. Right? <laughs> uh, the next one is Shungite. And that's used for negativity and internal strife. It's another one that's used for protection against negative entities. Um, a couple Ooh. others that are used for those kind of same things. Smoky quartz, jet, and black tourmaline. Basically, most of the brown and black stones are used for grounding and protection. So if you pretty much see any of the brown or black crystals those are going to be your protection stones um selenite is a crystal that's used for kind of the light purposes going through the home asking any remaining spirits to enter the white light it's basically there to kind of welcome the light the positive vibes mm -hmm. Um, you can use those protection stones for forming crystal grids to kind of keep anything negative out. But mostly it goes back to what we talked about, which is just setting that intention and how important that that is. Well, and I thought it was really interesting that you brought up that they each have their own energy or frequency to them, like density and that will affect its frequency. You and I both know that we've talked about this before, whenever a spirit enters the room, there is a shift in energy. Yes. And it, it totally makes sense that certain energies of certain crystals would aid in shifting that energy to control whatever it is you're trying to control. Yeah. Um, they actually, sorry, they actually no. say that crystals vibrate on the frequency that is the same as humans so that's why it can affect us the way that it can and that's why it can protect us the way that it can I thought that that was so amazing because we definitely know that uh, spirits use frequencies that's part of the reason you will not hear anything but catch it on a recorder or on a phone because they operate on different frequencies and you know, when you said, put it in the moonlight or put it in the sunlight to let it kind of balance. I'm like, it just made me think of like naked people running out in the moonlight, like <laughs> so, 
bathing in <laughs> the moonlight. But seriously, think about this. The moon controls the tides. Like yeah. it has its own energy field. And it may sound silly, but the sun does the same thing. The sun provides vitamins and allows plants to grow. And there is something to be said about sunlight and moonlight. And, you know, crystals and vibrations i could see why all that goes together so when you first said it i'm like where is she going but now <laughs> i totally get what you're saying and yeah I think that's really cool you know i think something that i really want to relate to people and i know like we're getting really long in this podcast and people are probably like wrap it up here but <laughs> i think it's important to say is that you know all of these different items, you may have the perception that, oh, if you use this item, you're this type of person. Or if right. you use this tool, you're this type of, if you use a crystal, you're a witch. If right. you use a rosary bead, you're just some religious. Freak. Yeah. yeah. And that's could that is the reason we are doing this podcast right now is we want to break those barriers down and we want to tell you that that is those things are not true right you know at the same token I don't want people to think oh you're talking about prayers and crosses and you know you're just a bible thumper you just believe this and and you can't have an open mind to that and what we're trying to say is you can yeah you absolutely can we we both do we're very much rooted in our faith Mm -hmm. we know that the gift that we have is real we can communicate with spirits and we do you know listen to how these tools work and see how they might be able to help us in our own life. And I just want people to kind of understand that is we really do want to break those stereotypes down so that people don't think, Oh, you believe in God. You don't believe in these other things. Yeah. hundred percent. I totally get that because I, I can attest to growing up and having a faith and, you know, getting out of that religion, I was so scared to say that I believed in God because people automatically put you back into that. Oh, you're a religious freak. You know, you're a Jesus freak. You're a Bible thumper. You're not going to have the same thoughts and opinions. And I can't tell you who I am because you're going to tell me I'm wrong and you're going to judge me. That is, yeah, couldn't be further than the truth, at least with us. Um, yeah. So, you, you've got to just kind of throw out what you're thinking and be willing just to hear and open your mind and think about it a little bit further. My mind was changed just by doing a little bit of research. And I didn't think that was possible with my background <laughs> to say that I'm willing to try sage and salt. Like that, yeah. that's crazy to me, but totally is there. I'm willing to try it. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. God will tell me if I'm wrong. Like he'll just strike me down with lightning or something. I mean, you made it after your satanic ritual. So I think you, I'm not even kidding you. After I told that story, (laughs) I, I am not kidding here. I'm, I'm sitting here in my closet so that it's, you know, soundproof and I'm seeing shadows move and I'm hearing knocking behind me. And it's just like, Oh my God, did I just say that story out loud? Like 
what did I stir up? I have the creepiest vibes. I just want to get the hell out of here right now. (laughs) So don't bring that up. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, listen, I'm so glad we talked about this. I think really it kind of reinforces the fact that it really is the intention behind all of these tools that you're using without the intention. It's really just an object. It really is. 100%. That's, that's the gist of it, guys. I hope you got the point. <laughs> all right. Well, we've been on for like an hour and 10 minutes. And if all of you aren't asleep, you probably will be if we keep going. So <laughs> I know. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Ghosty Girls. Hit us up on our email, send us your stories, your questions, whatever it is at podcast at ghostygirls.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. We want some feedback. So let us hear from you. Yeah. Let us tell some of your stories. Ask questions, guys. We're here. Just, just shoot them out there and we'll address them. All right, right. guys, thank you so much for joining in. Tune in next week. And remember, there are no goodbyes for us.